We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC. Choose UPMC for your family's health care needs close to home. Visit upmc.com slash central PA for a complete list of services and locations. Welcome back to The Spark. Those were the sounds from Hugo de la Lune, which is a collaborative project consisting of the duo Nate Burns and Efren Gutahun. And this incorporating and this incorporates Nate's jazz and blues infused rhythmic guitar and Efren's haunting Afro soul vocals. And they have created a sound uniquely their own. By day, however, Efren is a nurse and has worked predominantly in aging. And in addition to working as a director of a nonprofit serving the LGBTQ plus older adults dealing with housing, health care and resources in San Francisco. And I'm happy to be discussing this and his art. And thank you for joining us on the spark today, Efren. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So um, uh, let's let's start off um, first talking about your your working life. Um, so what kind of uh, challenges do LGBTQ plus uh, older adults face in San Francisco? Because mm. we've all you know heard about the housing situation in San Francisco. We've seen the you know graphs and and we heard the story. So can you uh, tell us because you're there on ground zero? Yeah. Can you uh, um, tell us the challenges that they face? Yeah, I think the challenges that they face aren't too dissimilar to, to most mm. older adults. You know, um, this fear of a lack of independence, um, the natural aging process. But what's unique about our community as they age um, is that we don't have oftentimes the biological families. There's mm. a, a specific formula of traditional family structures. You know, a man and a woman come together, they have a child, yeah. um, and et cetera. So that advocacy is lacking. So there's this pervasive isolation pervasive poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for many of our elders, as they enter the healthcare um, system, they end up closeting themselves. And so mm. that's, that's essentially what we are there to try to fight against. So then uh, what what issue, and, and I, I, I don't know if, if this is, if you can rank them or, or not, but uh, what, what issue seems to be the most pressing? Mm. Uh, is it the lack of resources? Is it the lack of housing? Is it the lack of health care? 
Yeah, it's all of the above. <laughs> yeah. um, I think if you had to prioritize it, I think there's the emotional, uh, spiritual element of having to closet yourself after having mm. lost everything, yeah. uh, especially these elders who have lost all connection. And I think they would say it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to now not be able to live and die with dignity. And I think yeah. lots of people, you know, I'm from Lancaster. Mm-hmm. We have cultural tugs that are pulling us in all different yeah. directions. I think ultimately we have to contend with, does this person deserve to live with dignity? Mm. I think that basic question. So it's that emotional element. Um, the housing is absolutely, uh, it's just atrocious in San yeah. Francisco. Um, we have such a significant divide in, in wealth. Um, and then healthcare, and specifically trans-specific uh, aging healthcare. I, and um, are there any advocacy, excuse me, are there any advocacy groups uh, that, that are uh, attacking this in San Francisco? We, we heard about the national groups, but mm-hmm. again, on ground zero, are there folks that, you know, they could reach out to? You know, San Francisco is incredibly spoiled. We are mm-hmm. very, very lucky when it comes to resources, when it mm-hmm. comes to the cultural conversation in yeah. regards to this population. Um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't individual um issues around the competency of like specifically physicians mm-hmm. and other healthcare professionals when it comes to providing that care. Yeah. Um, and we still get visits from all types of groups that um, are, you know, exercising their right to express their ideas. Um, but we are fortified and we are on the ground. And there are places like the organization I work for, Open House, that, mm-hmm. um, that you know, defends their dignity and um, uplifts their voices. Now, you said that you are from Lancaster. So how'd you end up on the other <laughs> side of the country? Yes. Um, I mean, that has a lot to do with me coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, when I came out, I was around 24. Okay. I'm 33 now. Um, and I just didn't see the same kinds of support that I think I needed. Mm. Um, it, my family's from uh, uh, Ethiopia. Um, I'm first generation. So there's a really strong Ethiopian community here. Um, and so I just happened to be traveling and visited my brother while he was out there mm-hmm. and fell in love. And I packed my things within a couple of weeks and I was out there. It's been, <laughs> it's been seven years now. Oh, man. Man, you, you, you know, I will say this. Uh, the first time I went to uh, the West Coast was a couple years ago. And, and yeah, I I almost just said, you know what? I'm home. <laughs> and, yes, <laughs> yes. And the nostalgia when I return, mm-hmm. like, especially during the summer. Yeah. The, the, the hills, the, the smell, mm-hmm. all of it. I really do miss uh, Lancaster. It's a really beautiful place. Indeed. Until the blizzard comes. And yep. then... That's why, that's why I, uh, I don't visit you during the um, uh, so, uh, so how how did you then uh, get into music? Then mm-hmm. were you always an artist and and went out there, or did you discover your artistry while you were out on the West Coast? Yeah, music is, has always been a part of my life. I went mm-hmm. to Hempfield High School and uh, um, was in all of the electives that were like choir and mm-hmm. orchestra. Um, but music has always, especially in my performing career, which is about five years old, mm-hmm. um, it's always been there. Um, I've always had to balance this professional element of the work. Um, and so as things have been picking up this last year, I decided to actually pursue this full time. And yesterday mm-hmm. was my last day at my job. So oh, wow. I'm starting my full time artistry today with you. Oh, <laughs> wow. So uh, so then can you take us to 
to that moment because we literally just had um, a conversation uh, with somebody two days ago uh, about making that leap of faith, making mm-hmm. that jump. Mm-hmm. So can you take us to that moment when you decided to take this leap of faith, to yeah. take this jump? Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still questioning whether this is the right decision. Um, but usually when I'm feeling that type of anxiety, it's good to just push through that. And mm-hmm. I find myself on the other side. Um, yeah, I... I'm feeling a lot of grief right now at this moment. Mm. I deeply loved what I did. Um, I deeply loved the elders that I served. Um, and so I'm balancing that, I'm, but I think contending with the world that we're in, um, I think climate change is going to really transform what my aging experience is going to be like. So yeah. I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to do it now while I can. So oh, Might as well. Might as well. Now, um, do you have uh, messages in your music uh, mm-hmm. that, that talks about your your advocacy work? Um, It doesn't necessarily talk about my advocacy work, no. I think a lot of my music, it feeds into advocacy because Mm -hmm. it's really about a deep knowing of Mm. yourself. Um, I think advocacy and connecting with the human condition and understanding when another suffering comes from first connecting with yourself. So that's usually what the general themes of my music are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just wails and deep sorrow and catharsis. Mm. Now, um, now, w- w- when I read your bio, you know, um, I heard of, you know, regular soul. Um, I heard <laughs> of Southern soul, you know, heard of gospel soul, heard of neo soul, uh, but Afro soul. Mm. How does that differentiate from yeah. those other genres of soul? Yeah. In fact, that's only half the genre. I actually call it Transylvanian Afro soul. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I affectionately dub myself the African vampire um, oh. in, in that my vocals are very haunting, mm-hmm. um, especially this newer um, body of work that we're going to be releasing in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the, there's the haunting element of the vocals married with this rhythm guitar, a very particular style. Um, and so I think I bring in a lot of my East African um, vocal elements. Mm. Um, it has the traditional rhythm, blues and soul elements, and then it has this haunting caricature um, in my voice. So. Afro soul. I I I, I am you, you, because I was I was just introduced to Afro beats just uh, j- just about like about like six seven months ago. Are you serious? Yes, yes. You, you know what you need to follow into is Ama Piano, which is South African Afro beats. It's a whole other really. Oh, trust me. Uh, You're welcome for that. Uh, well, well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, because uh, because I got into like um. Once I started to get more into Afro beats, then like I, I, I like started to get in, into like uh, lo-fi Afro beats and everything. And, you know, now now I read this and I'm like Afro soul. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> all right. You, you know, let me let me give me more. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, <laughs> so uh, so your music videos, uh, they often feature visually striking imagery. So mm. how do you conceptualize and collaborate on the visual representation mm. of your songs? Yeah, I, I, I love drama. Um, mm. I work very closely with uh, my uh, manager, O'Day, who um, is from Wastrel Society, and um, he's the one who essentially directs a lot of the visuals. Um, and it's and it's my, you know, this inception of these ideas. I think um, one of my videos down the rabbit hole specifically is just this narrative of this psychological warfare between myself, Ephraim, and Hugo. Mm. Um, and Hugo wins in the end. And so it's this kind of horror... Um, 
drama. There's like a nice preliminary uh, piece that's a few minutes before the music even begins. So I really mm-hmm. like to try to bring in cinema into the experience. So how how is it nowadays starting off as as an artist? Uh, I'm about to show my age here, uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, gone gone are the days where like you you are selling CDs or mm-hmm. you know selling selling tapes out of your right. trunk uh, um, and, and everything like that. So so as an artist, um, really starting and making this jump today, mm-hmm. how do you get your message and music out there? Yeah, I think live shows are. Number oh. one, um, I, I, it is not the streams. I mean, your numbers are great, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but even you know when you notice uh, streams on Spotify, for example, you're getting these editorial playlists, and that's fantastic. And then um, it doesn't necessarily translate to ongoing fanship. Mm. Um, so it is the live shows, the moments I get to connect. I generally believe there, there's a sense of transformation um, when you experience this music live, and and that's what I receive back. So um, yeah, it's those live shows. I also think it depends on what you're aspiring to Mm -hmm. if you're aspiring to be like a Billie Eilish that's a very different difficult road I think if I was making a livable wage on this Mm -hmm. music for the rest of my life I would be thrilled And, and and I I say there's nothing better. There's nothing better than going out there, shaking hands and kissing babies and and, and, and like really, really putting yourself and your artistry out there, you know, because um, people, folks really, really enjoy authenticity and and they Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate it. So um, your music has been praised uh, for its authenticity. So how do you stay true to yourself and your individual influences while creating your musical identity? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm always challenging that. I think as I'm going through the writing process, I'm checking mm-hmm. where the influence of this is coming from. I have this deep fear of the art selling out, I guess. I don't know. Um, I do really appreciate specific things like very curious melody mm. turns and um you know there's just things that catch my ear and like tickle me and then that's usually what i what i follow and, and that seemingly has continued to create something unique so then what what is your writing process we've we've had i believe uh two artists on here so far and mm. and, and they both had very very different processes when it came to the writing process yeah. and the creative process. So yeah. what's yours? Uh, preferably, I'm going to be burning some frankincense mm-hmm. and it's dark, some candlelight. Um, usually, uh, my um, the other uh, part of my project, Nate, will just be playing you know, a progression of some kind. It'll catch my attention and I'll mumble over mm-hmm. the music. I don't actually form words. But I, I sing a lot of vowels and just nonsense because mm-hmm. As the melody's forming, then I have the vowels, and then I'll wrap the lyrics around the vowels that are already established. So the the lyrics really sit cornered into the melody in a really mm. nice way. You sound like a musical genius. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I, I'm just saying. So so when uh when when you get on stage, mm. you know, is there a a switch? that that goes off because for myself and 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 folks don't think 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 about this when they meet me or or when they hear me but naturally I'm an introvert mm, you know mm. um uh, but there's there's just this switch you know when when that on air sign comes on it's yeah. like this switch when you when the uh when your feet hit the stage you know there's this switch that just goes off yeah, you know yeah. um is there this switch for you that, that at like you just transform 
No, I I feel like I'm performing all the time. Oh. I feel like this the person you see on stage is exactly who you're seeing in front of you. Hmm. It might be a little bit more theatrical, but mm-hmm. um, I I feel the same sense of like deep knowing and presence, and I'm very much an extrovert, so I feed off of the attention of people. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like I'm being worshipped, and I love that. <laughs> Excuse the blasphemy. Oh, that, <laughs> that is all right. So, uh, um, talking about that, have any siblings? I have two. You have two, and and where do you rank? I'm the eldest. You're the eldest. Yeah, yeah th- there it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm a preacher's kid. So. Oh man, a PK. Oh man. All right, and the plot thickens. Yeah, you get it all. You get it all. <laughs> so so then being be, that is interesting. So then being being a, a, a PK and and not really doing you know that traditional Christian or that traditional religious music was there any um pushback from the um parents yeah i think um it took a long time for us to understand one another we are mm. um the, our family is totally transformed now from where we were a number of years ago when i came out yeah um i think you know our culture you know it, and this is there's no criticism here. It just plainly, you know, the Ethiopian culture is quite um, conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the religious element. So there's this yeah. faith and culture element. So I, I fully understand where my parents are coming from. And so I think we just understand where the, the other mm-hmm. is. And I think we've stopped trying to force anything on the other. And, and it's really allowed for a deeper understanding. If you don't mind me asking, was it difficult for you to come out? Yes. Yes, I wasn't going to. The, oh, really? The plan was I was just going to do this, mm-hmm. dance, and figure it out. Um, but like many people, um, like myself, my mental health just plummeted, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it, I was contending with whether I was going to be here or not. And then I, I had to choose, and so I chose to to come out. So then, what was the breaking point then, or or, or what was the um, inspiring point? There, I should say there was a moment I was in a deep depression because I think I was con- I was actually confronting this for the first time. It was something I was I was suppressing, mm-hmm. and my brother just showed up at my apartment, and he's like, "I don't know why I'm sp- something told me I'm supposed to be here, so let's oh, just wow. hang out." And we hung out that night, and by the end of that night, I came out to him, and he the first words that he said to me were, "Wow, I'm so jealous because I wish I, it makes you more well rounded than me." Mm. And that just, I just broke. And I think I said something like, I'm not okay. Is that okay? I have no one else. And it's actually a lyric in one of my songs. But wow. yeah, yeah, it was a really powerful moment. And he even, he was so wise. And he was like, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to really regret having said this. But like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be here. It's all good. Um, and then he took me by the hand to come out to my parents. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is beautiful. That that sibling telepathy. Yeah, you know, totally. uh, my s- sister and I, we we talk about it all the time. Um, it's it, it's mm-hmm. just that just that feeling, that spiritual connection when you know mm-hmm. that, you know, a sibling of, of yours is, is, is just ailing with something. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, um, especially being the older sibling. It's like having ha- having a sixth and seventh cent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Hope you listening parents because because <laughs> yes yes and love everyone, and everyone love that on, older child yes, yeah and everyone on their own time you know i think um i'm i'm astounded by the growth that i witness in my parents mm-hmm. i think and, and in myself so i think just if there is if there is a family that's moving through this really difficult time grace goes a long way mm. yeah i've i've uh, seen it on 
on um, being mentioned on TikTok a couple times. It's called Raising Your Parents. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and it's kind of like this reverse engineered uh, thought mm. of, of like, you know, ushering your your parents into, you know, this world of, uh, of 2024. It's ushering them and also recognizing, like, I have so much privilege, right? Mm. Like, um, they were refugees. They came here. They suffered immensely. Mm. And I got to lift my head up from yeah. the ground and look out before me and really choose for myself what I wanted when that wasn't necessarily the case. So I think um, it is that ushering element, but it's also recognizing that there needs to be a sense of humility because there was a price and where I fall in that domino mm. is just it's just where I fell in time. Absolutely. So so then what is what is next for yourself and your artistry? This being this being day one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Murph at My World Entertainment and Patients are waiting are hosting a um uh, health Equity Music Festival. So the first day of my full-time artistry, I'm coming out here. Uh, they brought me out here to perform tonight. I'm really excited at Crispus Attic's Community Center. Um, I think it's from 6 to 9. Um, so that begins at the end of the month. I'm heading to L.A. to record. Wow. Um, we have two albums coming out by summer. Um, so we're really excited, yeah. Two albums coming out by the summer. Two albums, yeah. We have an album called Fiend, which closes out the series of acts mm -hmm. that have been out. Um, that closes out that project. And then uh, Nate and I are going to be creating a Seven Deadly Sins concept album. Oh, yeah. And and before we head out, I wanted to uh, briefly talk about um, uh, Act 1 and Act 2 and the inspiration behind those tracks mm. because, I mean— it's 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 beautiful. Thank you. You know, Thank so you. Um, uh, how how was it putting those projects together? Yeah, Act One it really showed me the 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 distance between Act One and Act Two is pretty significant in mm -hmm. my view. I mean, that's just I was just started out producing my own stuff. I was just trying to figure it out. Um, but the the story that's being illustrated is this initial struggle, very confusing place. Mm -hmm. This middle piece, Act 2, is that journey. And Act 3, which is about to be released in a few weeks, um, is really all about um, transcendence mm -hmm. and like this final arrival. Fiend just kind of reimagines all those tracks with Nate because Nate wasn't a part of the project until very recently. Oh, all right, and and then um uh, and then finally we have about um, a minute here left. Uh, as a musician and healthcare professional, what advice do you have for aspiring artists who want to use their creative talents to make a positive impact on social issues? Mm, I think uh, really considering the fact that uh, music or your other artistic expressions are equally as valuable in medicine, mm. um, especially if you're thinking about hospice and other places. So really coming in and, and sharing your gifts there. Efren, I want to thank you for coming on and, and, and just giving us your soul on the spark. This you are was so welcome. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, definitely.